Today we're talking about something of global proportions. That's right, we're talking about the supply chain crisis, which is pretty much affecting everyone from one end of the earth to the other. And so we're going to be talking not about the doom and gloom, but how certain manufacturers are seeing their way through. So join us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to. In case you're new to our program, I'm Brandon Ellis, and I'm your host and also the owner of Elatech. Before we start today's episode, I just want to ask that you consider hitting the follow button and the subscribe button, depending upon the platform you're listening upon. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you hear, please go to the show page and scroll to the bottom. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Now that we've got the marketing out of the way, I want to say thanks for tuning in. So let's get started with today's episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Brandon Ellis, your host of Industrial Automation Doesn't Have To. And I'm here as always with my co-host, Beth Elliott. Hey, Beth, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Brandon? Good afternoon. <laughs> it is almost afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> good evening. So whenever you're, you're seeing this, but yes. Um, hey, everybody. Oh, hey, on to the video. You got you got video this yep. this time around and last time as well. So that went well. We're getting a little bit better. Better each time. <laughs> each time. So um, takes a little practice, but that's we're getting right. there. <laughs> well, a lot of things have been going on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you want to talk about all the buzz going around the robotic welding around our shop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, we our last uh, last pocket no two podcasts ago. No, last podcast. It was the last one. Uh, was talking about the robotic welding, and we actually have done some even more stuff. We had a couple of customers come down, and it was really interesting because they were here approximately an hour uh, visiting uh, our shop, and 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 we have our Hanwha demo set up with one of our welders. Um, and now it helped that one of them. They both are welders, so I didn't have to try to teach them my skill set. <laughs> That's a good thing. Which huh? is a good thing. They figured out real quickly that they were above. Above me and that. But, you know, the interesting thing was we took about 20 minutes to show them the, the, uh, we were using Hanwha, the Hanwha robot. And uh, it took about 20 minutes of showing them, uh, well, we answered some questions they were asking, were good quality questions about, you know, the maintenance, the upkeep, those kind of things. But then we, we pulled out the pendant, the control pendant, and began showing them how the storyline, the storyboard programming works and, and that kind of stuff. And then there's also built in features already. Uh, that Hanwha provides for welding. And so the weaving, the you know, and the shapes of the weaves and how you can control the amplitudes and all that kind of stuff. And they were uh, talking about that. But in, a, in the course of about 20, 25 minutes, uh, we went from uh, us having, and I wasn't doing, I was watching, uh, Sean Linus, one of our sales engineers, uh, was, was doing this presentation, but he had the pendant in his hand. And in about through the course of about twenty minutes, handed the, had the pendant in their hand, and then in about thirty minutes from the time they first arrived, we were standing back while they were welding parts. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> and they were talking about all the things that they can do and how they could apply it. And the takeaway for me was, as far as the success, and shows you know our our mission statement: we empower our, our clients, but we judge our products based upon how it affects them positively, mm-hmm. and not just how you know the quality of general quality and and that kind of stuff yeah. that most people claim for their products. And so um, the fact that Within within 30, 35 minutes, 
they were not concerned about how to program the thing. That's amazing. They were talking about how to apply it and all the ways they can apply it. And we had test parts there. And so they're like, well, let's try this and let's try that. And they were setting it up. And they did they did all kinds of different types of welds. They they just they just had we just had a ball. They weren't worried about programming it. Right. <laughs> and and that to me fits with our mission statement and that's largely why I'm so proud that we are, you know, one of the US representatives, the only US representative at this point, but uh we're bringing this product to the US mm-hmm. uh because it just speaks volumes about about the product itself. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And welding's always cool. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> you get to make fire and sparks and kind of, that kind of stuff. I don't but, think this episode's going to be as fire-filled. <laughs> no, no. This episode's uh, – but it's hopefully it's not important. doom and gloom. No, no. Um, but but uh, why don't you go ahead and hit us with the title? Okay, so today's title is Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to – be in short supply. That's right. So we have this global supply chain crisis that's going on. And this has been, if you don't know about this, you're living under a rock. So why is there a Chipageddon? Chipageddon, yeah. <laughs> so so the supply chain crisis, uh, you know, we've heard about it in a lot of different ways. So the right now we're coming up on the holidays, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Uh, so for those of you in Melbourne, we, we eat turkey, a lot of turkey and ham. Uh, but they're saying we're going to have a f- turkey shortage. We're going to have all this If you stuff. want a fresh turkey. Yeah. And so we've talked about labor shortages, and there's all kinds of reasons for that, that kind of stuff. But then all of that has played into this global supply chain crisis. But one of the things uh, that that is not labor I don't believe is labor intensive, or at least it's a smaller portion, you know, attributed to labor shortage, is the global semiconductor shortage. And so uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to my mom uh, because I was talking to her about this because it has affected us. It's affected everybody. Yeah. Uh, because anything, basically anything that gets a chip, it could be your refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding up an iPhone, it has chips in it. Mm-hmm. And so anything that gets a chip, so why? Why is it all of a sudden, because before COVID, you didn't have trouble finding an iPhone. You didn't have trouble buying a car. You didn't have trouble doing all those things. So so what's what caused it? And so that's really what my mom was asking me. So what what's the big deal about chips, Brandon? You're an electrical engineer. You're supposed to know about stuff like semiconductors. That's all right. Um, and so uh, it, it kind of kicked us into a conversation uh, about that, and so the first thing was the why of of why the the demand all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Well, that definitely stems from the beginning of the pandemic. So, um, and I, I feel like I, I don't want to be myopic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and be just short sighted. <laughs> short sighted. But but my experience is primarily the U.S. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what. The, the if it was similar in you know in Europe in Asia and down in Australia and Africa and those areas I don't know but in the US the first thing that happened was we shut everything down mandated shutdowns now I know in Italy they did the same kind of thing that kind of stuff so everybody shut down go home don't come out of your house uh you know those kind of things but more importantly School, yeah. All the students had to go home. Suddenly, we're we're, and then all the employees went home, and it's a virtual learning extravaganza. And so, guess what? Every webcam, every computer, every microphone, every tablet, all those things. Guess what's in them? 
Those chips. Chips. Mm -hmm. And so then also, coincidentally, uh, for those employees that were working, air quotes, (laughs) working from home. um, There's people that work from home. They work from home. I tell you what, I was very productive when I was working from home. (laughs) I know you were. But there was also a spike in the video game industry. Oh, yeah. And so everybody went out and started buying the new Xboxes and all this kind of stuff. And so guess what's in those? Chips. Chips. And so uh, the the last thing was um, people were going out and buying smart TVs because you couldn't go to the movies anymore. Yeah. So You have uh, to bring everything, all your entertainment that you would go out. You had to bring it home to you. That's right. And so if you didn't have a smart TV, you couldn't watch Netflix and Hulu and all that kind of stuff. Unless you had one of those casters. If you had one of those, but guess what's in there? Chip. That's right. <laughs> and so there was a push for all these chips suddenly, uh, not to mention folks didn't stop spending. Yeah. And so there was a – if you're not at work and it's nice outside, you want to go out in a boat, go buy a boat, you know. Well, guess what? There's but, chips and boats. Yeah. Go out and buy a new car. Go out and buy this kind of stuff. Get the truck you wanted, all this kind of thing. And so there, it was just a just a very even but in, uh, intensified demand for for things that have microchips in them. So why can't these chips be uh, turned around so quick? Why can't we just make more? Yeah, right? That's exactly what my mom asked me. <laughs> okay, that sounds fine. I, I guess I buy that. But why can't we just make more? Well, the reason is you grow. Okay. A chip, a semiconductor. How do you grow something that's manufactured? Well, first, we, we grow it. So would, you know, boards that you buy at, you know, the hardware store or the lumber store. I can understand that's a tree. So it's That comes growing. from a tree. Yeah. So the raw material is the tree, uh-huh. and you make boards from it. Uh, so that's manufacturing lumber. It's kind of similar with, uh, with growing a crystal. Trees grow, and you can't say grow faster. Tree. (laughs) Hello, tree. I need you to grow faster. Um, If there's a lumber shortage, you're kind of stuck until you can find more lumber that's already grown. Because if you're waiting on it to grow, you're going to be waiting for a while. Mm -hmm. And so crystals, silicone wafers, that's where a chip begins, is a silicon crystal. And so crystals grow, just like snowflakes. You know, snow. We, you've seen snowflakes with all the little designs. And if you haven't seen that, surely when you were a kid, you took a piece of paper and folded it up and cut little squares and stuff out of it. And then you pull it out and it's a pretty snowflake-looking yeah. pattern. That's a crystalline-type structure. And so that happens in nature. It's physics. And when you get down to the physical level, it's going to happen at whatever speed the good Lord said it was going to happen. Yeah. And so that's what's happening when we're growing crystals, which ultimately— once we have that raw crystal structure, we then can fabricate that into just like making boards out of lumber. They do a sawing process. It's a long process to create a wafer. And then from that wafer, they begin to – they treat it a couple of different ways. Now, I mean, I, I kind of have seen this done. I'm not an expert by any stretch. But ultimately, that wafer is what the, – the chips are actually – built upon that wafer, and so it gets cut down even smaller and smaller and smaller. If you want to know what a chip looks like, pop the lid off something. something. (laughs) Yeah, and look at that board and all those little squares and rectangles and that kind of stuff. Those are surface mount chips, and that's what we're waiting on. You know, they come in different sizes and shapes, and they do different things. I mean, some are capacitors, resistors, and some are actually microprocessors, CPUs. And so um, some do Bluetooth 
some new cellular, what is it, uh, not 3G, 5G, 5G now. Uh, and that's honestly the Bluetooth and the, the GPS and the 5G connectivity and stuff that we've come to love and depend upon. Dep- yeah. <laughs> that's the reason you can't find an automobile right now. Because it's all incorporated into it's the incorporated. vehicle. So in talking about this, yeah. we, we've actually got some videos. Yeah, so for those of you who are doing this, so so silicone basically starts as sand. and so like sands through the hourglass. That's right. And so if we uh, got a little video yeah. here that we borrowed from the good folks at Intel, uh, but uh, kind of shows real quickly, kind of an Just animated. A little, yeah, a little sand there. The sand, we take the sand and we heat it way up and it becomes molten. And so that then uh, is is inside of a, uh, a crucible or some type of a furnace. And then we draw that out. What and is then, that thing there? That's the ingot. That's the raw material. Okay. And then we saw that into individual wafers. Oh, look at that. Yeah, so this is a good little simulation of that. Yeah, I was trying to pause it so we could see it. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Okay, I paused so it. So you right end up so with a round wafer. wafer, and yeah. then that wafer's got to be, I mean, it's got saw marks that have to be taken care of. It's got to be polished, all this kind of stuff. And then ultimately, they code it a couple of different ways. They do this really cool stuff. That's where you see the the folks wearing all the clean room suits and the outfits. And yeah. this is top, top, top clean room environment. So clean room meaning no dust, no debris, no foreign material whatsoever, uh, no fingerprints, everything. You know, everything's the way it needs to be, probably even humidity controlled for static and that kind of stuff. And so that's a a good uh, example or illustration of how that's made. Okay. You got a different video as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Let me get that one. Un momento, por favor. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So – uh, but but growing the ingot is really cool, but that's something that takes a long time. So in that little illustration – I'm just going to pull this one over. Sure, go ahead. Because I don't think you could see the whole thing. Go ahead. Okay. But see, there there's the crystals, right? Yeah. So the crystals there in the middle uh, – go ahead and start it there. Yeah. So they're just moving those around. Uh, they're heating those up. Those are going to be – that. that's like the sand in the in, – in the, uh, illustration that we did. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, keep going. Okay. Uh, and so that's going to become molten. And then we're going to, we're going to apply a little tip in the end of it. And, said, and it's according to what you're making. It's according to the size, the shape, the geometry, the complexity, but it's going to be pulling that out. Now this is time-lapsed, I believe, because it's coming out pretty quickly. Uh, but you told you can, me it's like making a candle, right? Yeah. If you've ever been to Pioneer Days or Heritage Days, uh, uh, the way you used to did, make candles. Did you make it in elementary school? I made I made candles in elementary school. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to make a candle once and it didn't come out really well, but I didn't have a lot of patience either. So yeah, go go back to that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do I need to rewind? Yeah, it? back it up to where okay. to where it was drawing it out. So there you can kind of see the ingot coming down. So that's what the ingot looks like once it's cooled down. It's kind of a black uh, material. But uh, what we've done, what they do is they draw it out, and so they it's according to how they're doing it. They may spin it some, uh, but they're drawing it out ever so slowly, kind of like dropping that wick into the hot wax and then pulling like, it okay, out. Okay, okay. There's so the, you can see it kind of pulling yeah. out there. You can see it spinning. Sometimes they spin those, and again, that's according to the type of manufacturing you're making, uh, whatever you're making. And so that's the whole machine that's drawing it out. And then once it gets done, then you can see they're lowering this oh, back yeah, down. That's but, what the ingot looks like. Okay. And now, I think we've got pictures of those, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Bring those over. And so that's why it takes a doggone long is because you've got to make that, that raw material ingot. Yeah, well, I will get that over there. Yeah. 
Yeah, my picture, my side by side picture isn't working out. That's why I, yeah. I, I went we're to the full the screen. Shot. Oh, and now it's uh, now it's we're ah, duck on it. I still have some work to do on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, okay, so uh, enough about that. I mean, you, you can kind of see how it's done. So, so for those of you who don't have the video, we're 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 inserting a a I don't know what they call it, some type of a. They call it a probe or something, but that goes into this molten material, and it begins to slowly, slowly drop, draw this out. And this could take this process could take anywhere from one week to a month. Oh wow! To to build that ingot. All right. So, um, are we going to talk about that stuff yet? Or you're just we having will. fun. I'm just I'm just clicking away over here. <laughs> <laughs> Beth's got the mouse in her hand. I so watch out. <laughs> I have I have the. You know the sound effects here, so I can I can do all my my sound effects. But uh, Beth is 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 producing the video, so have at it, man. That keeps it keeps it changing. Uh, but it can take one week to one month, and it really comes down to the to the really the quality of what you know the quality aspects, the the size, and just the general complexity of what that ingot needs to look like. And then they've got to do the sawing and the polishing and all that wafer. kind of okay. stuff. And now they've created the base, the wafer, and then you got to print the the circuits on there according to what they're going to be. Are they going to be resistors, capacitors, microprocessors, what? And and then that gets sawed up and to, to little places and, and your little pieces and and then it gets placed, you know, it's ready to go be placed on the board. And so that whole process can take up to three months. That's incredible. No wonder it takes a while. There's also cost involved, isn't there? <laughs> There's nothing cheap. <laughs> no. Um but yeah, it it's a very costly process. It's why so so why doesn't my mom said, well, Brandon, you're smart. Why don't you just do that? Yeah. I don't have the money, first of all. We don't we probably don't have I don't have the skill set. Uh but uh I can do the motion. Yeah, I've I've read I've, it's not rocket science. It's much more difficult. That's it's, what industry insiders say. <laughs> well I mean because you think about it, you're looking at you're looking at physics, you're looking at chemistry you know, all these things come together because the chemistry uh, says and the material science says this is how we'll grow the crystal. The physics says I need to do it in a controlled way to build the ingot. If you go too fast, you break it off. So it breaks prematurely or you may have fractures. You may have all this kind of stuff. And suddenly portions of or all of that ingot that's taken three months or a month to grow is not useful. It's it's like a piece of lumber that once you cut it into a board, it's got a crack. You know, it's got a crack down the middle. Yeah. And so now you really don't want to use it. So you have to call it. Well, if it took three months to get to that board, it's an expensive board. Yeah, you gotta have some quality in place. That's right. For that. And so so it's it's not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. um, most of our chips come from Taiwan. Yes, I was reading that they're. Uh, I think there's three major companies that provide chips. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's the – oh, it's not on this piece of paper. No, you're not. No. Uh, well, Taiwan <laughs> is the leader. It's yeah. the market leader. And uh, Intel, uh, uh, read recently, is is looking into – I don't know where they're going to put it, if it's going to be – Arizona. It's going to be in the U.S. Two plants. They're, um, they've got – they announced plans to spend $20 billion to yeah. make two plants in Arizona. So that uh, – That'll help. Yeah, it will, but it's going to take a little bit. Now, I was also reading where even if you invest all this money in five years, that it's going to be obsolete, that technology is going to be obsolete. So it's really it's oh, hard to justify spending mo that much money, and then it's going to be – you've got to keep on changing it every five years at yeah. least. But 
I don't know. So I also read where they have to run 24-7, the chip plants do. You, well, you can't turn it off. Once it's molten, you can't say, okay, just turn the heat off. Yeah. And you need to be watching it just because, honestly, you don't want to you don't want to lose any time. So if there's something that does happen, if there's something that does happen to the ingot during that growth or during the sawing or something, because the sawing is not a fast, it's not like that, that illustration. Video that... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a slow process. And if anything happens during that, you want someone there to go ahead and arrest it, restart it, do something, <clears throat> or maybe even try to save what's there and keep it from doing, okay, doing further damage. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I assume. Okay. Um, they're pretty smart people to be able to True. do it to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, you know, you, what you don't want is you don't want waste. You you don't want to do all that work and then have to you know throw it out. Oh gosh, no. And so it's hard to do that in a lights off factory. So I think the how long do you think the chip shortage is going to last? <laughs> what have you read? I've read 2022 and 2023. Well, it just depends who you're. Well, okay. So, so again, let me just say, I, I am not an expert on any of the, this stuff that I'm about to say, but what I've read is apparently there's different types of chips as far as thickness. And so the automotive industry has chosen as a, as a standard one thickness of chip or something. And then, and then also I should call some friends of mine who do SM, you know, the surface mount technology and stuff like that. They can probably know this. Uh, but, um, and then there's, there's, so there's different thicknesses or types of yeah, chip. Yeah. Yeah. They layer the stuff. Well, on the it board is it. layered okay. on a silicone board and that's what the chips are going on. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's where you have your traces and stuff like that. But when you're making the chips, how you saw them, when you're sawing them, uh-huh. the, that wafer thickness is what I think they're talking oh, about. Oh, okay, okay. And so apparently automotive uses a different thickness than your iPhones and your PCs and stuff like that, general com- consumer electronics. And so my understanding then is, is and, and I don't know that one's better than the other, maybe, I don't know. But because of that, you have more people, there's more production of commercial-grade chips with one that thickness, whatever that thickness is, versus what the automotive folks are using, and maybe it has to do with the fact that you're sticking a chip in a car, man. That's a lot different than your iPhone. Cause yeah, it's got to operate a lot more. Things. Yeah, it's got to sit outside in the cold. It's got to be in the desert heat. It's yeah. going to be in water and rain and all this kind of stuff. So there's all these environmental things. And granted, those things are put in place different places, but but your humidity levels change a lot more in your vehicle. Than they do inside, say your home. Yeah, and we all know what happens if you change the humidity level of this too much. You end up with a new one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you drop this in the water, if this goes in the mud puddle or crashes through the stream, it's probably not going to work anymore. Except for some new ones. Maybe some new ones, yeah. But uh, but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's apparently a different grade of chip, and so therefore, uh, it's been said what what I've read is that the automotive shortage is going to last longer because of that than perhaps what we would see with with commercial type Okay, devices. okay. So is there a fix for manufacturers? Have you seen anybody that's done anything different that's Well, okay, so, so so let's talk about the worst one, and that's automotive. And, and you can pull your graphic okay. over now. Uh, finally. No, I played that. <laughs> uh, so so we'll, explain this graphic to me. Oh. Well, okay, let's see. I hope it stays there. Talk on it. Bear with me a moment. I don't, I'm just going to. Is there a pause button on it? 
Well, it's saying that I'm just going to do pull this over if that's okay. Get your slider there. Yeah, yeah. Fade that over. Okay. Because this is showing okay. the— Tell us what we're seeing here. This is the U.S. auto sales, and it's uh, quarter three of 2021 so versus quarter now. three of— 2019. So we just came out of Q3 2021. Yeah. So this is now. And who's at the top of the list? It's Tesla. Okay. So where's everybody else? Do you My see goodness. I read about Ford? Ford's down. I'll, I'd have to really get that. You can't tell which one's <laughs> which. Know, Tesla, Tesla is absolutely, it's really small on her screen. Uh, Tesla is absolutely at the top. So why, you see that, why are they so much more? I was reading Ford is down year over year, 27%, I think. What, uh, yeah. Um, well, the U.S. auto sales as a whole, a whole. All, all those are tw down 22%. Yeah, 22%. So they're probably in, within that range. But the only reason they're not higher is because look at that Tesla one. Tesla is up. About twenty five percent year over year. Yeah, and why? So why is that? So so what can we what can we learn from Elon, Mr. Musk? Uh, what we can learn is that he has done some things that maybe the bigger ones weren't comfortable doing. Okay, or they didn't happen to own a. SpaceX with that's with, true <laughs> rocket scientists <laughs> kind of a, a mind trust there. I don't know if that's how he did it, yeah. but what Elon did was Elon decided we've got because everybody has orders. Yeah. There's no shortage of orders. No, because so even the, the car commercials are saying instead of come by, come and buy your car. Order your car. Order your car. Do pre-orders because they're assuming this is going to go away, and it, and it will go away. Yeah. The question is when. And so Elon didn't want to wait. And so uh, there were a few car companies that went out there. When, as soon as they saw it coming, they went out and did bulk purchases and tried to grab all the chips they needed and all this kind of thing. And now they're actually starting to run out. Uh, but Elon said, okay, guys, he pulls in all of his brain trust and says, find out what chips are available. Because, okay, so what? there's a mom question. Well, Brandon, why can't you just use another chip? Yeah. You know, there's... There's Lay's and there's Doritos. <laughs> she didn't say that. No. Um, uh, uh, why can't you just use another chip? And the problem is, is each manufacturer, chip manufacturer, especially if you're talking about embedded type controls and CPUs and processors and things of that nature, you know, more than just capacitors, resistors. Uh, if you're trying to run your software, what we call that firmware, trying to run your firmware on that, uh, each one may or may not support your firmware, and so you would have to do what's called a rewrite on the firmware, which is a very costly and involved process. Uh, it'd be like it'd be like Bill Gates with with the Windows operating system having to rewrite Windows to run on a different, you know, not run on Intel, but to run on something else. Uh, so they would have to rewrite all their systems to do that, and that's quite an undertaking. Yeah. Well. That's what Elon did. That's what Tesla did. They they took that undertaking on and they went out and, and bought chips that were various types of chips and rewrote their firmware to make sure it would operate on any of these chips that were available and begin to bring those into the cars. And so they were able to, to, to bring all that in-house and meet the demand. And so – and they actually – I'm sure picked up some new customers. Oh, yeah. So I was going to show you this is the graphic of their sales. So – yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, everybody else, what you see here is you see, I hope you see, is if you're in manufacturing, what it doesn't matter what you're manufacturing, there's hope, 
right? Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, because if they can do it, I've done something here. You can do it, and so um, that that's what you uh, that that's what you need to uh, uh, need to keep in mind. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we can can use what e- who, who's who's using what Elon did uh, to to make this happen. I am so sorry, Brandon. I have gotten just click fade. Are you going to the picture? Well, I was trying to. Okay, so we're going to see our wafers again. <laughs> There's the wafers. You start with the ingot to the wafers. I can't get that overlay. Oh, look. I know. You've overlaid us. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I think it's that green little number three that you got. Thank there. you. So there you go. Okay. All right. So, um,. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Wait a second. Great. Oh, no. Yeah, you should no, do that. That was the wrong one. That was the wrong one. Great job, Ben. All Good right. Good job. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, that's that's what's going on. So with if you're in manufacturing and you're looking for this kind of – if you're a machine builder, and that's who we relate to is machine builders, systems integrators, uh, and helping them to succeed. Yeah. How can they go about doing this? And so there are – I was going to ask you first. Okay. What – Manufacturers are waiting on. As oh, you mean the end users? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's what I think or, end users are waiting on. Just like machine builders and, and systems okay, integrators, okay. and Elatec. I mean, we are waiting on. We have a whole list of orders that we're waiting on one or two components that are in short supply because of semiconductor shortage, mm-hmm. and so it's affecting everyone. Yeah. So what do you got to do? Is you got to figure out. Others. Other options, uh-huh. and so whether you're, <clears throat> excuse me, whether you're waiting on robots, servo motors, uh, you know, there actually is even a. We're talking about semiconductors today, but there's a steel and aluminum shortage. Yeah, and so that's what people are waiting on. That's what's keeping them from taking the next steps, completing the projects they're working on, that kind of thing. So, what? How can they overcome that? How can they get past that? What are their alternatives? You can, I would say, look at Elon. Learn from Elon, and that's what we have done. And so we have gone through, worked with our with our with our specific partners uh, to actually figure out where they're, you know, what steps are they take. For example, we talked about I just mentioned aluminum. Uh-huh. So we do aluminum extruded extrusion. So it's a it's a T slot framing that we we use and uh, we sell. And so a lot of our machine building customers and systems integration customers and end users use it to build machine frames and guards and stuff like that. But aluminum is in short supply for those that did not manage it well. And so our partners have managed it well. And the way they did that was the first thing they did was they said no bulk sales, no bulk orders. And so uh, some of the other folks, I think uh, when when someone got the indication that there was going to be a shortage, it's just like toilet paper all over oh, again. Oh, goodness, yeah. They, they would- just went and bought it all. And it just played out all their all the billet, and just like ingots with the silicone, aluminum comes in what we call an ingot or a billet, and so that's what's melted down and extruded, you know, pushed through the extrusion machines and uh, made into this extruded aluminum. And for us, the bulk cells was eliminated, and so we were able to manage the billet. And so what what do we do instead? Yeah, we we do an engineered type kit, so everything has to be kitted, but that means honestly, when you get it. It's going to be machined, cut to length, ready to go. Wouldn't that take longer to get it? it was, well, not compared to not having billet. Yeah. 
but we can because we're managing it all we can get get aluminum kits to to anyone in in usually one to two weeks oh wow okay and that's it's huge my goodness that's, that is and everybody else i'm hearing 10 12 to 20 weeks wow uh, 20 weeks some some have been that bad and so uh, being able to do that is really a testament to the partners and, and the folks that we work with mm-hmm. so that's that's aluminum so let's talk about what about what other metals well, there's steel, and, and steel, okay, so steel, uh, we uh, represent Nautic Shimpo uh, servo gearboxes, and, and, and they do also uh, just standard gearboxes as well, but we use them for a lot for our servo gearboxes, and they're managing their materials very well. Okay. And so we can get gearboxes in you know, a week, two weeks, if it's a complex or, or you know, an un- an abnormal gearbox or ratio, then it may take a little longer, but that would take longer anyway. So for a standard ratio, standard servo for standard servo products, you know, we can probably get that done in, in one to two weeks, maybe less. Wow, that's, um, that's good. Yeah. And, and of course, we're, if it's through our systems group, we can ship that anywhere in the globe. Okay. Uh, but then we also usually put that with something else. So Hanwha robots, we don't stick gearboxes on those, but our robotics... Uh, Hanwha is, is is keeping everything in check. They're doing a great job, so we can get we can get robots in you know three to four weeks. Yeah. Uh, now, normally, we could get them shorter than that. Yeah, yeah, but there are some places that the robots are. T- I heard of one the other day. A customer was quoted seventy five weeks. Oh my word! That's a year and a half yeah, on a oh robot. My goodness gracious! Seventy five weeks. Oh wow, and you can say four. What you can get a uh, a Hanwha within four. Well, now granted, it you know that robot would carry a lot more than having. Oh, a, the payload. payload. Okay, okay. But actually, no, I'm sorry, it's not true. It was a collaborative robot. Oh, just like the Hanwha. In fact, that's what I guess I told them. And as you bring that up, it's like, <laughs> hey, we can take care of you right away. And so, but yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a testament to how bad things are getting. And from a logistics standpoint, it doesn't have to be, but you need to choose your partners wisely. Yeah. So the ones that have kind of prepared for this, who have been, you know, they, they've taken the steps to make sure that they can still meet demands, kind of taken whether or not they took, took a note from Elon himself or not, that's what they've done, and that's what we've done. Our iota product. Uh, yeah. We, we have ample stock for the iotas. Now, I can't say that that's it's- infinite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, if you need an iota, one of our iota MES appliances, we can ship it, you know, in less than a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're on normal deliveries on those things. And so, you know, we've managed that well. And and so I would encourage end users and manufacturers to take that into account. To find other sources. Other sources. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of other sources, uh, in the semiconductor, what about um, motion control and servos? Motion control and servos. We're going to have a special guest on to tell us about that. That's right. So let's get to that right now. Yeah, so we've got John Fields with uh, Yaskawa. John is the Senior Motion Sales Engineer. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Beth. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, John. Hey, so I appreciate you joining us today, John. Um, So we work a lot with John. He's our he's our rep uh, with for Yaskawa Motion, 
here at Elatech. And so, John, what we're talking about today is the global supply shortage, specifically semiconductors, and more importantly, uh, manufacturers such as Yaskawa that have taken steps to kind of overcome this shortage and are continuing to do so today. What what kind of things, in, in your opinion, uh, quickly, is Yaskawa doing either traditionally or, or you know, currently that's over, helped overcome this stuff? Because I know you all got stuff on the shelf. Sure, sure. Um, you know, historically, Yaskawa America has maintained a fairly significant volume of inventory in our um, Buffalo Grove, Illinois distribution center. Yeah. So we have kept um, roughly 65 to $70 million worth of inventory uh, spread across motion control products and VFD products uh, over the years in that, in that facility. And over the past couple of years, we've worked closely with our demand planning group to increase that volume of inventory. So, we're now closer to $85 million to $90 million worth of inventory. So that's really helped us weather some of the logistics issues that we've seen from some of our uh, competitors and even some of our partners that uh, have run into some of those problems. So keeping that inventory on the shelf, um, that's, that's helped us really get into places that we may not have had an opportunity to, to go into in the past because we, we do have product available. Well, and I know that that, and specifically, John's over the he he is uh, his main product line within Yaskawa is the motion the servo what we call motion control products servo motors drives linear motors, mm-hmm. um, the large linear motor product, um, and not so much the VFDs. Do you do you know? I know I'm asking you, putting you on the spot. What the status is with the VFDs? I'm not as I'm not as aware of that. Uh, there has been some further delays with um, the VFD product line. Again, I don't uh, work as closely with that group. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've had to uh, do a couple things where we've had to add some surcharges uh, for some products. Uh, you know, when you get into some of the larger VFDs and actually mm-hmm. some of the larger motors, um, but as far some as of the this- components are a little more difficult to to come by, you know, with uh, metal shortages and, and semiconductor shortages and things of that nature. But from the motion control standpoint, you know, we really haven't had to implement um, any drastic uh, programs like that where we're adding surcharges or, you know, having to extend uh, product deliveries. So most of the what we consider our stock items, our motion controllers, our Sigma 5 and Sigma 7 product line, uh, most of those products are all what we consider stock items for us. So, um, like I said, we've traditionally kept a large volume of those products on the shelf. So, at any one point, you could, you know, call up and say, "I need a one kW servo motor," and we may have up to a hundred of them available yeah. on the shelf. So, well, we've seen um, that's that. been key for us. We've we've seen that. I mean, we I know personally we've had customers of our of Elitech customers, and of course this podcast goes out to a lot of folks. Uh, but uh, for the East Tennessee region, and of course through our systems group, uh, we've talked about how we can we can go even outside of that when we start putting systems together. Uh, but uh, we've had customers that were basically in a quandary with competitive brands of uh, of of servos and uh, we've been able to go in with the escala and get them up and going uh, because of that 
good management, I call it, mm-hmm. uh, of product on, on the side of, of Yaskawa. So, well, John, I appreciate you you kind of giving us a little insight and adding some validity to what I was saying and what Beth and I were <laughs> claiming. Uh, so it's good talking to you as always. Absolutely. Good talking to, uh, to you and Beth as well. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity. All right. We'll keep selling you Scala. That's you, right. all, you all keep stocking it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks Take care. And bye. That's good to know, isn't it? It is. John's full of great information. Yeah. He's, he's and, a blast to be a, have around. Yeah. And Scala is such a great product. Yeah. We, we've been using Scala for a long time. And again, through our systems group. Even if you're in Melbourne, Australia, we can take care of you. Uh, you know, if you need MRO, spare parts like that, and you're in our region, we can take care of you on that. But definitely through our systems group, Motors and Drives Together, um, coming through our, our Knoxville systems group, we, we can take care of a lot of things for you. And they're in supply. And so if you're waiting on something else, and this is not a sales deal, but this is just reality. If you've been waiting for a long time and you're hearing you know, these kind of things. You you can be Elon. <laughs> be proactive and yeah. look at other places. And there is another uh, one of our partners. That's right. So it's, uh, it's Linmont, Linear Linmont Motors. Linear Motors. And another product that I just absolutely love because linear motors are cool. <laughs> um, now, Yuskawa makes linear motors. They make really large linear motors. Yeah. Linmont makes smaller Small. linear motors. And so we use them to replace a lot of pneumatics and a lot of electrics where we need high speed, high thrust, uh, high acceleration and that kind of stuff. And so today we're going to be also special guest. Yes. Another guest we have with us today is Peter Zafiro the general manager with Linmont USA. Hey, Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing well and uh, enjoying life. Awesome, awesome. Good, good. <laughs> hey, Peter, this is Brandon. Thanks for joining us today. So Peter's on the road, always on the road, always getting it done. Is that right, Peter? Yeah, that's the uh, major part of my job description, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. And you do a great job. So Linmont Linear Motors, a partner of Alatex, mm-hmm. uh, one that we've we've known for many years. And, and so, Peter, what we're talking about today is supply chain crisis, specifically uh, with global semiconductor shortage and, and steps that companies have made to kind of over – uh, overcome the these shortages. We talked about Elon Musk at Tesla and how Tesla, you know, experienced a twenty five percent year over year growth, whereas every all the other all their competitors were like twenty five percent down year over year. And and by doing some kind of things, I wanted to talk a little bit about Linmont. I know Linmont's not had the delivery issues that many of its competitors have had across the last few months. What steps has Linmont taken and continue will continue to take to uh, to overcome these these issues especially with semiconductors? So, we um some steps are no different than what we normally do. We have uh, always bought for large production runs. If you want, if you will, we, you can call us the anti-lean manufacturing company. Anti-lean, uh, so, right, yeah. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, because you, when you're lean, you uh, buy as little uh, components as possible. You have your supplier provide you uh, components on a weekly, in some cases daily basis, so your work in progress is as low as possible. Of course, that makes the bean counters happy. Yeah. However, in a time of crisis or supply chain disruptions that we've seen now for close to six months now, mm-hmm. it's been pretty tough. And uh, semiconductor chip shortages are real. It, it is happening. 
the difference with us is we, we purchased semiconductors for a year's worth of production. Uh, and we continue to do so, even in today's elevated prices, because uh, this is how we do it. You know, we, we run our company on large batch production runs that are built to sub-assemblies, and then we do final assembly, and with drives and motors, we do our final uh, uh, QC and, and uh, motor testing, drive testing, firmware burn-in, flash, uh, uh, flashing the firmware. All of that is done uh, then in small production runs, but the major, if you will, the, the, the major components are built off of inventory of a large volume of semiconductors that we have in-house or at our suppliers. Uh, installations. So more of a buy-ahead kind of model. Well, you know, we can't escape the uh, uh, disruptions that are happening right now. We are doing exactly the same uh, that Tesla is doing as well. There are some uh, semiconductor components where we anticipate seeing disruptions, and what we're doing is exactly what Tesla's doing. We're redesigning boards, redesigning PCBs. Uh, we are looking at using substitute uh, microprocessors or uh, semiconductor chips in some of our, uh, like for instance, in a network uh, capacity, uh, there's, there's a huge demand now for network chips. So it, we are second, second sourcing or triple sourcing some of those components. In some cases that require uh, requires changes in firmware and, and a lot of testing puts a lot of pressure on our production engineering group, but it's the, it's the only way to get a, stay ahead, if you will, to be able to produce uh, low lead times. Well, and, and make no mistake, Tesla's bunch, Elon, Elon's been working them, you know, working them hard uh, to rewrite firmwares and do kind of the same thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a strain on engineering, but it, it's what you have to do. It's, it's, that's exactly right. So, and, and I, I I, I think the companies that were subscribing to this ultra lean uh, production environment really have to think about in the future how do we deal with disruptions in the uh, logistical uh, supply chain, which is now happening daily. You know, you know there are daily calls coming in. Oh, this is not going to be delivered on time. Mm-hmm. And if you're depending this shipment to keep your assembly line running, what do you do? You know, what happens when it doesn't get delivered a second day or a second week or a second month? Yeah. This is reality. Yeah, and it's a new reality, unfortunately. I hope that it unfolds soon. Uh, you know, port shortages, labor shortages, there's steel shortages, there's semiconductor shortage, and there's even resin shortages uh, that are affecting a lot of folks. But you're you're exactly right. So the fact that Linmont um, – Right now, I mean, as of today, uh, here in the U.S. anyway, um, I feel like that that the deliveries, the lead times on 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 the shelf product is is close to maybe an extra week or two, but nothing nothing way way unreasonable for getting product. Is that still the case? If you're you're correct. I mean, we're running in that three to four week uh, lead time for off the shelf products that normally we would call off the shelf. Normally, it'd be one to two weeks. We're now running three to four weeks. The volume is higher. There's no question we're having a record here. You know, that's for a couple of reasons. People are using our product to substitute 
product they can't get. Yeah. You know, and that is happening. We see that. Um, there, There's also, you alluded to the resin shortage. We know there's going to be issues there down the road, and we're working hard at developing second source vendors, triple sourcing uh, vendors, but, you know, this supply chain crunch isn't going to go away like tomorrow or next week right. or maybe not even by the end of this year. Well, many are saying, unfortunately, that it's going to go well into uh, Q1, Q2. Some are saying even Q3 of 2022. So now that 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 crosses a lot of industries and a lot of segments, right? So uh, we have to be reasonable on that. But uh, but it's certainly great to hear that that you know, and that's what I love about Lenmont and about your leadership there, and just the company's leadership as on, on the whole is. Uh, is just the awareness and to be to be able to 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 jump in and make those changes. It just speaks volumes about about your all's dedication to the product and the quality of the product, but also just you know the the success of the of the company in and of itself. So we appreciate that. Well, thank you, and thank you for supporting us. Well, what I heard you great- say, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. What I heard you say was, if you need a small linear motor, you need to do two things. First of all, you need to check out, uh, what's the website, Linmont.com? Linmont.com is the website, and uh, you can also get to the uh, USA sales at Linmont.com email if you want to just email the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, specific uh, application or even just general data. We will have one of our technical sales engineers uh, get back to you, of course. If you're in the uh, great state of Tennessee, I think they need to contact you, Brad. That's, That's right. You yeah. Take yeah. Care of- that's right. That's the number two thing is call Elatech uh, and, and go to our website. We, have, of course, Beth has a beautiful Linmont landing page. So definitely if you're in our in our region, we, we are uh, an, a partner with Linmont. And so we're here to help as well um, with our systems group. If we're combining it with other things, certainly we can go outside of Tennessee. But uh, but yeah, that, but it sounds like if you need linear motors, uh, now's the time uh, because there may be some things uh, some other things affecting because you you just don't know. And that's the problem with this supply chain crisis. You don't know if it's going to be due to steel shortages, resin shortages, labor shortages, semiconductor shortages, or shortage of something we haven't even thought of yet. Um, you know, they say there's going to be a turkey shortage come Thanksgiving. Have you heard that one? <laughs> I mean, I know... The uh, prices are going up at the grocery store, so nothing surprises me. Well, uh, uh, I tell you, a, a ribeye steak. This is my world. A ribeye steak costs more than a restaurant if you buy it in the in the in the grocery store right now. So, yeah, things are getting all crazy. <laughs> well, that's definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the real world we live in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Peter, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. I, I, I know you're on the road and traveling, so thanks for taking a few minutes. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, uh, Beth. And have a great day uh, to uh, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Take care. So, Linmont, that's an awesome product line for us. Yes, and, and P- Peter's full of great information, too. Yeah. And so they're just monitoring their stuff. They're just being good stewards of what we need. Uh, you know, they're a little bit they, – they may be on some things a little bit longer than they were before, but just like everybody else. But, man, they're not 
10 weeks, 20 weeks, 60 weeks. 75? Yeah, it's nothing like that. And a lot of people are. And, and hey, I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, put us on any pedestal. We've got, we've got some other things, some other parts that we've been waiting on that we've been waiting on since May. <sighs> And so it's it's a real deal. Not everybody's doing this. So if you're if you're facing this as a manufacturer, you're not alone. Yeah. It's not it's through no fault of your own. This is a global crisis. But our goal is to give a little bit of you know, light at the end of the tunnel to say here here's the way you can see it through. And honestly, if you're not familiar with great product lines like Hanwha Robots or Linmont or Yaskawa Motion Control, there's three right there that will absolutely, that'll be your specification. If you go that route, that'll be your specification going forward. I guarantee it. Yeah, because I know you wouldn't pick a product that you wouldn't stand behind anyway. So. That's right. Yeah. Well, we try not to, yeah. uh, but I've got yeah. a lot of history with those. And so, uh, uh, especially with, with the Yaskawa and the Linmont and uh I'll tell you, they're, I think they're second to none. Yeah. And we know them well, and we've, we've had a lot of successes with them. Yeah. So not all doom and gloom. No, no, and it, it, it doesn't have to be in short supply. In short supply, that's right. <laughs> There's a way out. So thanks for joining us today. That's right. Thank it's you, been guys. a good day. We've had all kinds of video stuff. If you watch this on video, Beth I'll is, get better. <laughs> Beth is doing her thing, and uh, and then we've had we've learned a little bit about yeah. how uh, overlay how no. to well that, and then also how I was going to say how silicone ingots <laughs> oh, are yes, manufactured. Yes. Let's and, let's get a picture of those. Uh, Wafers again. You want to see the wafers <laughs> over top of it? Okay. Right. So there's a wafer. Um, but uh, And then, then, then what you can do to possibly uh, kick the can on down the road, so to speak, uh, and not be in, you know, feel, feel the grasp of this crisis, especially if you're a machine builder, systems integrator, or if you're an end user that's, you know, got, got that, those capabilities in-house, um, these are some some examples of products that you could do. And these are just a few examples. You know, start asking the questions. Don't be afraid to look outside of your normal box yeah. uh, of parts. It may change plant specification, but that's not a bad thing. Sometimes change is good. If it can good. keep you going. <laughs> and, and, and the salesperson in me will tell you, especially we're talking about servo motors and drives, um, if your spec is not Yaskawa, you should really think that one through. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, the Yaskawa, of course, can can hang right underneath a Rockwell system. It can hang right beneath a, an Omron system, EtherCAT, any EtherCAT drive. So back off any of that kind of stuff can drive. And you get the you get the motors and drives that, that are top notch and you don't have to worry about them. And they all come together and they're not in short supply. And then you take it from there. And so um, changing plant specifications is not a bad thing. Give us a call and we can help you do that. So Elatech, 865-409-1555. And our website is www.elatech.com. That's E-L-L-I-T-E-K.com. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get updates on this as well as some fun videos that we put up as well. And like, 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 like. <laughs> Five-star rating. Those things help us. They get us. Uh, they they help Beth with what she does and works so hard to do to keep us in the in the top uh, top sections of all those podcast yeah. streaming apps and all the magic that she does. So, Beth, thank you very much for being a wonderful videographer. Oh yes, we're getting better. Producer today. <laughs> we'll get better. So <laughs> here we go. Yeah, congratulations. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your time and, and this and the knowledge about the chips. Well, I, and growing silicone. It's just a weeny bit of any weeny little bit of knowledge, but uh, it impressed my mom. She felt well. like she felt good about paying for my education. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so well there was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody, have a great time. Yes. We'll be back in another two weeks with uh, another great topic. Yeah, that's right. Thank T- you, guys. See you, Beth. Thank you.